0: Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to ADESIS Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak ADESIS. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not for profit goals and how you can apply the ADESIS methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak ADESIS.
1: Hello, 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 hello. from sunny California, from Santa Barbara. I wish you well all. It's January or February wherever this broadcast is going to be. I am recording it, pre-recording it for the inventory because of my travel schedule. Uh, it's very difficult to do it on real time. But I look forward to hear from all of you that are listening to this uh, broadcast because I would really like to know what impact does it have. And uh, how clear is my accent because I'm worried that my accent can be heavy and I don't know how much are you really getting because of this accent. So I would really like to hear from you and my email is ichak, I-C-H-A-K, at adizes, A-D-I-Z-E-S dot com. What are we going to cover today is a very, very, very important subject. And the commercial title is, how do you predict future problems today? How to predict future problems today? Everybody would like to do that, right? You would like to come to know what problems are coming to you so you can prepare for them so you are not surprised. Because the biggest threat is when you're surprised. When it comes to you, as a, then it's called crisis. When it's surprised, it's a crisis. I was, uh, let's call it lucky or maybe I was smart enough to realize how lucky I was. But as I was working for many, many years with the uh, clients, with companies, helping them become healthier, better managed, I started having a feeling of deja vu. The president would sit down and tell me about the problems that he has in the company. And I always want to pinch myself. Have I heard this before? I heard this before, have I not? That's why this deja vu experience. And then I realized that it is like raising children. The first child, every problem is a crisis. That's why the first children are usually a little bit more confused because we really put all the attention on them. The fifth child grows by himself. Why? Because you already have seen it before. It is as if you know a pattern. Same thing is true for grandparents. Grandparents will tell some you, leave the kid alone, they will grow out of it, relax. Why are, why are grandparents more relaxed? Or usually it's called grandparents and children have a common common enemy, the parents. Why? Why do they... Side with the grandchildren. Why are they more relaxed? Because they have seen the problems before. So they are not surprised. Professionally, it's also called developmental psychology. You have an idea how babies behave, then how do they behave when they are two, they're called terrible twos, then how do they behave when they're teenagers. There is a pattern at every stage of the life cycle. Well, guess what? The same thing is true for organizations. And it doesn't have to be just organizations that are profit-oriented. All organizations have a life cycle. For that matter, civilization has a life cycle too. And the the historian uh, uh, Toynbee has written about it, the life cycle of civilizations. Trees have a life cycle. Even stones have a life cycle. If you study stones, you will say this is a very old stone, millions of years old. And it's a young stone. If you go rafting through the Grand Canyon, the guide will start telling you about the different layers of the stones you see on the mountains there. What is the age of the different layers? Stars have a life cycle. An astronomer will tell you this is a young star, only so many billions of years old, that is a very old star. Everything is a life cycle. Your car has a life cycle, your furniture has a life cycle. Organizations have a life cycle too. And the typical problems at every stage of the life cycle. This is that are called age appropriate problems. Not to be surprised. At that stage of the life cycle, you're supposed to have those problems. But not all problems are age-appropriate, which means they are not all normal. Example, how about a person that has no control over his discharge of his urine, has, uh, cries a lot at night, drinks a lot of milk, how old is this person? Well, if it's a baby, you will say, that's normal, what do you expect from a baby? You have to change their diapers all the time. And they cry a lot, and they drink a lot of milk. But if it is a CEO, 45 years old, we have a problem, don't we? What I'm telling you here is that every stage of the life cycle of an organization, it has its normal problems. But what is normal and what is abnormal? Up- Depends where it is in the life cycle. And here is the next very important tip or insight I'd like to give you. What is normal at one stage of the life cycle, if it is not treated, it will become abnormal at the next stage of the life cycle. And if it's not treated even more, it could become fatal to the organization at the next stage of the life cycle. So this is a methodology that if you studied, and I direct those of you who would like to know more to my two books, which are kind of a, two sides of the same coin. One is called Managing Corporate Life Cycle, which describes what happens at every stage of the life cycle, what is normal, what is abnormal, And why this is happening, so you know what to do about it. And the other book, Pursuit of Prime, gives you instructions what to do, depending where you are in the life cycle. So the first book is descriptive-analytical, and the second one is prescriptive. So this is now exposing you to this theory, and those that want to know more, and I suggest you should know more, should look at my books. But here is the important point I would like to make. When you look at trees, when you look at stones and stars, they have a chronological age. They cannot impact their age. How old or how young they are depends on how much time has passed. Not true for people. We are totally different. It's also true for animals they have a chronological age. The only organism in the world that we know that can impact its age are people, if they are conscious. See, you can speed up your aging, or you can retard your aging, depending on what you do. You probably have seen people that are 70 years young and you have seen people that are 17 years old. You can speed up your death by how you manage your life, what you eat, what you drink, how much you sleep, exercise, how much stress do you have in your life. Or you can prolong your life. If you look at yogis, in India, some of them die healthy. Till the last moment of their life, they're not sick. And by the way, I don't know about you, but I would like to die that way. I would like, to, when my time comes, to go sleep and disappear. <laughs> I, I would not like to live the last years of my life feeble, sick, in pain, dementia, be a burden to my children, to society, and to myself. Which means we can impact our life. And the same thing is true for an organization. What am I telling you? If you are conscious, which means if you are aware of what you do, you know what is happening and you do the right things, and that's what I'm teaching here. That's why this methodology is conscious management. You can have a healthy organization growing, and growing, and growing, and growing, and does not get "quote unquote, sick. And when it gets sick, it stops growing, has difficulties, and eventually might even die. So what does it really, really mean? That where you are in the life cycle as an organization does not depend on your size, nor one your chronological age. Let's start with chronological age. Some organizations, and we have consulted to them, are hundred have been hundred and eight years young. And we had an organization in Chicago for all that matter that was five years old, not moving, not changing, sclerotic. <laughs> losing market share, totally inflexible. We have had companies, some of the largest on earth, in the Fortune 50 worldwide, that size, in the billions of dollars profitability per year. Profitability, not just revenue per year. Young, aggressive, moving, flexible, changing, And we have known organizations that are $2 million, $2 million in sales. Again, anterior sclerotic, slow, sleepy, nothing is happening, slowly losing market share and disappearing from the face of earth. Thus, it is a typical mistake to believe that organizations that are large are all bureaucratic necessarily so and young organizations are those that are small and flexible and aggressive. I've seen young organizations old and large organizations very young. And it's not true also for chronological age. You can be young, old, or you can be old, young. So what determines where the organization is on the life cycle, whether it's young or old? And it doesn't just apply to organizations. It applies to all organic systems, whether it's a baby, a tree, even computer systems come to think of it. And it is the following thing, you can see it as a curve. On the vertical line, you have flexibility and controllability. And the horizontal line We have age, just age. And it's not time, remember, it's not time. It's behavior. When you are young, you're very flexible. So the flexibility curve starts very high. And look at a little baby, very flexible. It can put its foot in its mouth. God forbid there is a car accident. Everybody died, the baby survived, why? because it was flexible. And what happens to flexibility as we grow, age, it goes down and down and down. By the time you get to a certain age, you feel you cannot bend, you lost flexibility. The other curve is one of predictability of behavior. Look at a little baby, unpredictable. They don't know when they're going to cry, when they're going to laugh, when they're going to move, when they're going to smile. And it's not just babies. Look at little dogs, you know, just born. They jump all over the place. Are pretty unpredictable. That's why they are so cute. Or whether it's you're talking about cats, even fish. Look at the young fish in an aquarium. They are all over the place, jumping all over the place. The predictability is low. Why? Because, and I'm going to shout the key word, (laughs) self-control. Self-control is law. A baby has no self-control over its uh, discharge. It has no self-control over even how it moves. And what is happening to self-control as a baby grows? First, it learns how to control its body. Then it goes to school and learns how to control its mind, its thinking. Then you have a lifetime school of learning how to control your emotions. You see what's happening? You're increasing your self-control.
2: talk in business talk to an expert call now toll free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 Voice America Business Network
0: The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems The methodology introduces an innovative process culture and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide, introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute
2: today. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice or search for us at keyword Voice America.
0: The ADESIS Speakers Bureau can present the ADESIS methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www. Adesis.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to ADESIS Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak ADESIS. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com. Spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: So where you are in the life cycle as an organization is determined by the degree of flexibility and self-control. If you look at these two curves, the flexibility goes from up, down, self-control starts from down, goes up, then it turns and it goes down and meets the flexibility curve. When the two curves meet, when you don't have flexibility and you don't have self-control, it's over. The organization is dead. No control and no flexibility. When the two curves meet the first time, you are in prime of the life cycle. You are controllable and flexible. In other words, you're controllable, controlling your flexibility. Up to that point, flexibility is higher than self-control. What does it really mean? You are growing. You are learning you're learning how to control, so you, it sacrifice some flexibility, but you're learning how to control, so you're growing up to that point. After that point, as long as controllability, self-control is growing, although flexibility is going down, you're aging, you have more self-control than flexibility, you are losing your youth. When self-control starts going down too, so both flexibility and self-control are going down, I'm sorry to tell you, but you are dying. And it applies to you personally as well. When your body parts start fighting each other, your liver fights your kidneys, and your kidneys fight your heart, and your heart fights everybody, there is no controllability anymore. We are not aging, we are dying. Aging is... The controllability is taking over flexibility more than necessary. Then we are aging. Now, the decent methodology, and I'm going to now cover it in this segment and in the next two, three segments, is to analyze what which are the problems that are normal at every stage of the life cycle. So if you are growing, you can bring the company to prime. How? In a balanced way not to increase controllability to the point of losing flexibility or maintaining flexibility and losing controllability and then you can go bankrupt. Your revenues are going up but your profitability down, your cash flow is negative and guess what, you're in trouble. How to get to prime, how to stay in prime and then how to rejuvenate an aging organization. I would say that a decent methodology is not a good one for dying organizations. If you are having a negative cash flow, you're losing market share rapidly, the company is going into Chapter 11 very fast. A diesel methodology, which is a rejuvenation methodology, which is a healing methodology, is not good enough. You need a term around consultant, one that knows how to fire people, renegotiate financial arrangements with the banks, you know, sell pieces of the organization as a totally, I call it, it's an emergency room medicine. We are not in the emergency room medicine. The methodology is for how to hopefully proactively lead the organization to prime and show them how to stay in prime, and if they're out of prime, if they're aging, how to rejuvenate them so they can get to prime from the other direction. Now please notice the following thing. If you're more flexible than controllable, you will have problems. Right? Oh, you got into the wrong market, you got in the wrong product, you're jumping the gun, knee-jerk reactions, typical growing company problems. If you're aging... Again, because controllability is higher than flexibility, what's happening? You're not as flexible as the environment requires, as the industry requires, as the market requires, and you are starting to be obsolete. You're being left behind. You're in control, but you lost your flexibility. What happens in Prime? Both flexibility and control are together, so you should be fine, right? No, it's not. I would say the most difficult problems are the problems of Prime. Why? How to stay in Prime. And they're difficult because when a company gets to Prime, they feel we made it. Everything is fine. Everything is great. We're in control. We are flexible. We are controllable. Our budgets are on on time and correct. There is no big deviations. We are growing. Profitability is good. So what's the problem? The problem is you relax, and as you relax, you will lose your position of prime. Why? Because flexibility and controllability are incompatible forces. It is not, prime is not a destination. Prime is not even a journey. Prime is a condition of your journey. So, being in a prime condition, like a stake, when you say it's a prime stake, why? It's in a prime condition. An athlete is in a prime condition. It is a condition. And what do we mean by condition? Because the two factors are incompatible, what's going to happen? You might have too much, a little bit too much flexibility, not enough control. You fix it, and what happens with time? Whoops! control takes over. You're losing flexibility. Then you, cont- you correct yourself again flexibility is higher than controllability. So in other words, that dot, where the curves meet, flexibility and controllability, is a moving dot. It's like trembling, it's going up and down, and you constantly have to adjust. You have to fix. Oh, too much flexibility, increase control. Oh my God, you have too much control. Cut control, increase flexibility. We have too much flexibility, not enough control. Management of a prime organization is constant adjustment, constant flexibility, which means as a manager, as an executive, you cannot just relax. I've done it, I've finished, now I can enjoy. No, 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 no. You have to continuously working on holding your organization in prime. Or as I say in my lectures, Success is not how little you fall. Success is how fast you get up. Because you will fall. This is a treacherous road, full with barriers, and it's dark. It's not that clear. So you will stumble all the time, all the time. Whether you're in prime or not is not that you don't stumble, you don't make mistakes. It is how fast you correct yourself. Soros in his book, and Soros is one of the richest men in the world, in his book says a very interesting sentence. He says, I'm not smarter than anybody else. I just identify my mistakes faster and correct them faster. That's what I'm talking about. You will stumble. You will make a mistake. How long does it take you to get up? By the way, the same thing is true for health. You will get sick. But a healthy person recuperates fast. A weak person with a weak organism, it takes you much, much longer. So, in these segments of my presentation to you, I would like to talk about how to bring the organization to prime, whether it is balanced growth or how to rejuvenate an aging organization, bureaucratized organization. And once you get to prime, how to stay in prime. Or the subtitle is how to predict future problems today. Because if you know where you are in the life cycle and you know which of the problems that you have are normal, are quote-unquote age-appropriate, and you know what is the next stage of the life cycle, you can predict what the next thing is going to be, so you can prepare for it. You don't get surprised. It's like raising children. Once the mother went to a psychologist, and she said she has problems with her teenager, 16-year-old kid, and she asked the psychologist, when should I have started... You know, educating this kid, growing him correctly, and he looked at it and he said, 16 years ago. In other words, you should always know what's ahead of you and prepare for it. So when it arrives, you are not surprised, you are ready, and you made it, you prepare the groundwork so it doesn't become a crisis. So after the break, we'll start the description of the life cycle of an organization. First, we'll describe in a subsequent uh, broadcast we will analyze why it is happening why an organization not just organization any organic system has a life cycle why do they have a life cycle what's happening there because once we understand why we will be able to do something about it maybe bring an organization to prime faster than otherwise let's take a break
0: Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com.
2: Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market.
0: Join the Odesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org.
2: From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adesis.com. Spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E, like in Ecuador, and S, like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: The first stage of the life cycle of an organization, and for that matter of any organization, not just business, is called courtship. I call it courtship. We are not married yet, but we are courting. What does it really mean? We don't have an organization yet. Organization is not alive yet. But the founder is dreaming about it, thinking about it. That's why I call it the courtship stage. What is normal at the courtship stage? What is abnormal at the courtship stage? And please realize again that this is a broadcast. This is an exposure. This is not training. There is no way we can train through the radio. Such material, which is so complicated and, uh, as a matter of fact, deep. Uh, I direct you to my book, please, Managing Corporate Life Cycles. It's a pretty big book. It's almost 700 pages, but you can read only the portion that pertains to where you are in the life cycle, so you can learn what's going on and what to do about it. Or a shorter version is in Pursuit of Prime, the other book, which tells you what to do about it. It has a description part and then what to do about it. So I'm not going to cover all the factors, all the signs of the age that I'm describing here. I'm only giving enough so that you can identify it. For more of it, you have to look at the books and in my training material. What is normal in the courtship? When a founder wants to start a company, he tells everyone how great it's going to be. He sells the idea, he's very enthusiastic, he's very passionate about it, and tries to explain to people how great the idea is and why it's a great idea. By the way, whom is the founder trying to convince, really? Whom is he really trying to convince? And in my lectures around the world, 52 countries, I always get the same answer, which means people identify, they know that. They all give me the same answer. He's trying, he or she is trying to convince himself. Why? Why is he trying to convince himself? So, why is he selling to others? is really talking to himself through them. What's going on? Why is it that in the Western society at least, People have to fall in love before they get married. All the excitement, you know, love defined as temporary madness. You're all excited. Same thing like starting a company. All excited, rosy thinking. It's going to be wonderful. Why, before a revolution of the country, people are really willing to die? The largest streets put themselves in danger. Tremendous excitement, flags, singing, slogans. Why a plane before it takes off? Still on the ground, makes so much noise. You're still on the ground, what's your problem? Why are you making so much noise? What is the common denominator? And I'm going to shout the common denominator because I would like you to remember how important this factor is Because when you lose this factor, the company will start to get into trouble. So it's a very important factor. To understand this factor, maybe we should use another example. I wondered why in India, where the marriage is not based on love, but it's based on some astrological forecast and some uh, matchmaking. The parents get together and they look, consult with the astrologer and then they decide who should marry whom. How come their marriage is so much more stable than ours where we rely on love and we test it and we live together and we try it out? And you know, What's going on here? What's going on here? And not just in India. In all religions, in the Jewish religion, the same thing. It's a matchmaking, and the bribe and the group don't meet each other until it's five seconds before the wedding, before they're married. How come their marriage is so much much more stable than the marriage when it's based on trial and error and love and affection and passion and you name it? What's going on here? It is a reason. And that explains why the founder is trying to convince himself. Why all this noise before taking off? I'm going to shout the key word. The founder is building commitment. Why in the East their marriages are more stable? Because they're not relying on love. They're relying on commitment to remain married and in all religions by the way when the minister or the rabbi whoever marries you they don't ask you they don't say and you agree to be married as long as you love each other (laughs) no 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 they say till death sets you apart in good and in bad we are together good life and bad life we are to support each other what does that mean? Commitment. So when a founder starts a company, he is building commitment. He is telling how great it's going to be and convincing him himself. He's testing it through others. Is his commitment real or not? And if people discourage him too much and his commitment fizzles out, he's not going to start a company. So he's building commitment and testing his commitment by talking to people. Now, why is commitment so important? Because when the company is born, something happens for which commitment is necessary. And what is that? What happens when the company is born? When is a company born? A company is born not when it gets incorporated. It's just a piece of paper. It's like a marriage. Marriage does not happen when you finally break the glass or put a ring on the finger or sign the papers. No, 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 no. An organization is born when the risk is born. As long as there is no risk, there is no organization. An organization is born when the founder signs a contract to deliver some goods. When he signs a contract to rent a space when he quits his job and now he has to make a living out of the new company. Tell me the magnitude of the risk that was born and I will tell you the magnitude of the commitment that is necessary to exist for the organization to be born healthy or it's going to be born a that. Look at this. In order to have a revolution which is giving birth to a new country, which is a very risky proposition, is it not? What do you need? What your commitment should be what? You must be willing to die. That's why revolutionaries must be willing to sacrifice their life if they want revolution to succeed. What happens if your commitment is very shallow? There's going to be no revolution. Or talk and no action. So, the higher is the risk, the higher has to be the commitment. That's why for a start-up company, when they come to me and they say, Dr. is, we have an idea for a product, and the market is there, the technology is here, the money is here, you know, I say this is all not relevant. What is really most relevant at this stage of the life cycle is who is committed And how committed is that person? Who is not going to sleep at night? It's like giving birth to a baby. Who is going to change this baby, rock this baby, feed this baby? It's a full-time job. You don't sleep very well when you start a company. You don't sleep very well when you have a baby. It requires a lot of energy. So who is committed, and you have to test the commitment? That's why venture capitalists, before the angel capitalists, angel investors, before they give you money, they want to know how much of your own money do you have here? How much of your own skin have you put into the organization? How committed are you? If they come to me and say, Dr. these are we have a market, we have a technology, we have this and that, I ask who is going to be leading this organization? Who is not going to sleep at night? Who is a fanatic? And if they say to me, we are looking for that person, I say, when you find him, come back. Because that is the most important factor for success. Because the market will change, the product will change, the technology will change, everything will change as you start developing. So you need somebody who is going to be committed, full-time, looking at it, Sacrificing in a sense, sacrificing his life. Yes, sacrificing his life. The founder of Banco Nacional México, when he started the foundation for his late wife, said, When he started the bank, his wife asked him, Why are you starting a bank? Starting a business is like going to sleep young and waking up old. It's one long dream and frequent nightmare. You are totally dedicated. How committed are you? If you are not committed, don't even stop. And if you are committed to make money, this is going to make a lot of money. That will be a very bad commitment because we really don't know how much money you're going to make. You're not going to have children because you want to have a doctor for a son or for a daughter. You see that? You cannot predict what's going to happen. You are going, so what is your motivation? Why are you starting a company after the break?
2: Whether the market's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books, with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today.
2: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20- to 30-minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The Adesis methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com.
2: Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business.
0: You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to yolanda at adizis.com spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia. E, like in Ecuador, and S, like Spain. Now, back to the program.
1: So why do founders start companies? Now, some of them start because they see money. Money, 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 money. I would not invest in that company. If all they see is money, I would not invest. Because they're looking at the wrong thing. What is the right thing? It's not profit. A founder is not profit-oriented. Should not be. To start a company, you have to be a prophet, not a prophet. What is a prophet? You identify a need that you truly, honestly believe in it. You're dedicated to it. You're going to make that need satisfied. Like a healthy mother has a call to have a child that she cannot, she cannot subdue. It's not because my child is going to feed me when I'm an old new person. Or I'm going to have a child because I want to have a doctor, or a Nobel Prize winner, or whatever. (laughs) No way. You're having a child because you can't help it. You have this mother instinct calling you to satisfy that need. I want to have a family. Same thing for a man. I want to have a family. I want to have a child. There is a need satisfaction here. So a healthy startup company, the founder identifies a need. Read the book of Steve Jobs. It was profitable, but it was not looking at the profit as a goal. It was looking at the market. Our goal here is to change the world. Our, way, our goal here is to change how people manage, how people handle information. Give them the tools, which is the computers. That was a focus. You have to focus on the market needs. You have to be passionate about it. And I'll tell you something else, although it sounds a little bit... Uh, what a corny. you have to be in love. You have to be in love with the market, with the product, with the idea, with the need you are trying to satisfy. You have to be passionate about it. Now it's a healthy startup. So your commitment is driven by that passion. Your commitment is driven by that need to satisfy somebody's earth market needs. That's what your focus is on. And you have to be passionate and in love with it. So why not on profits? Because we don't know what we are going to do, how we are going to do. If you are focusing on profits, you might get discouraged early or you might take your eyes off the client and the needs you are trying to satisfy. That is also why for a startup company, you have to be very careful which investors you bring in. If you bring investors, they want a fast turnaround for their money. They put money in and they want to get as fast money as possible. They might kill the company early. I've seen many board of directors with venture capitalists killing the company because they want to milk a calf. They don't want to feed a calf. So when you bring money in, you have to bring smart money. You have to bring money from people that share your vision, that want to build the company rather than have a fast turnaround. So what is normal in, 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 a, in, a, in a startup, in a courtship? You didn't start the company yet, so it's not even a startup. It's a pre-startup. What is normal is a lot of excitement, a lot of passion, building a commitment. What is abnormal? No reality testing. I claim that it is okay to dream as long as you wake up. A dreamer (laughs) will never build a company. He's still dreaming. There is no reality testing. He is not open. His feet are not on the ground. He's still floating somewhere in space. He will lose all the money. He will lose the credibility with investors, and this founder is dead. You don't want also a person that is only reality. They don't dream. Only reality. They will not start anything. They will not start anything big. They will not start anything new, because they are not dreamers. They are too much on the ground. It's going to be another me-too product, another me-too company. It's not going to be any breakthrough, anything new, significant. So what do you want? You want a realistic dreamer. How is that reality testing done? You need a good business plan. And what is really a business plan? A business plan is a reality test. Where is the supply going to come from? No, first of all, what is the market? Who are the competitors? What is the competitive advantage we are going to be providing? What is a need that exists in the market that is not being satisfied? How long is going this need to be there so we can satisfy it? And what threats do exist? Somebody else to satisfy this need ahead of us. How easy is it for others to satisfy this need? This is called barriers to entry. Where is the supply going to come in so you can satisfy the need? Where are the people going to come in? What kind of people do we need? How much money do we need? What kind of technology do we need? What kind of raw material do we need? So what are the threats to satisfying the needs by competitors? And what are the threats that you might not get the resources necessary to satisfy the need? This is all called a business plan. So you have a dream, Now you have to wake up. And if the business plan shows that your dream is a nightmare, good to stop ahead of time. If the business plan shows that the dream is realistically achievable, now you might be able to achieve some, you might have some achievements, you might get some people to contribute your money, to give you money, investors to come in, they share the business plan with you, they share the dream, they share the vision, and you're committed to put that money to use. That is a healthy commitment. That is a healthy courtship. Same thing is true for falling in love. You want to get married. Falling in love is important, necessary, but not sufficient. You have to wake up. And what is a wake up? <laughs> Where are we going to live? How are we going to make a living? How are we going to support our children? What is your vision of our family? What is my vision of the family? Do we have the same vision? Do we we share the same values? All of this is wonderful to be married, but it needs to be tested. That's why teenage love can be dangerous to get married without testing. Why it's so difficult to get married late? Because you become too realistic. So, reality can kill your dream. Anyway, back to companies. Courtship, normal. Commitment building, passion. Necessary for the company to be born healthy. If there is shallow commitment, and the risk is high, you're going to have an abortion. The organization is going to be born, unfortunately, still dead. How did Hilton, Conrad Hilton, the founder of Hilton Hotels, say it in his book? If you want to launch big ships, go where the water is deep. So, if the risk is very high, your commitment better be very high. You better have a big, if you want to launch a big ship, you have to go where the water is deep. What does it mean? Risk is big. You better have a very big commitment to overcome it. And pay attention that this commitment that is being built during courtship, as a company is born and as it grows, it increasingly gets tested and it gets used. And down the road, we'll talk about it at what stage, that commitment becomes very shallow over time. And the founder gets tired. The founder says, enough is enough. I've given enough of my life to this company. I want to enjoy life too. And then he loses his commitment. And unless he does something right, about which we're going to talk in the future segments, in the future broadcasts, he might lose the company. He might sell the company off he might lose the baby that he has been growing. We have to learn how to transfer the commitment. Same thing in a marriage, it's called a seven-year itch. You have a commitment for seven years and then, mm, did I do the right decision? Did I make the right decision? So with time, the commitment gets eroded. What to do about it? How to keep the commitment alive? How to make the organization grow? healthy from from courtship on in future broadcasts. I look forward to hearing from you and I thank you very much for listening to me. All the best. Ishak. Thank you again for joining us this week for
0: Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.